1: Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. J.J. Cooper, John Manuel's back. Hey everybody, John's back. And Vince, Laura are all here today and we're going to talk the A's top 10. Because uh, we're finishing up the, uh, the American League West. We're rolling along. I think we knocked out the whole American League West. No, I'll take that back. We're going to do a, we're gonna either do a special Saturday podcast or next Monday mm. will be the Astros. We haven't finished the Astros yet. Okay. But that will wrap it up, and then we'll move
2: right on to the National League uh, uh,
0: East. So we're rolling along.
2: We're almost done online at BaseballAmerica.com. Yeah. The top tens will right. finish next week, right, Vince?
1: Yeah, two more to go. we got the uh, pods on Monday, a special MLK edition, uh, and then uh, Wednesday will be JJ and the
2: Giants. I think we're, we're wrap mo- it up. moving the Padres up a little bit just to Correct. salve the wound of Chargers fans, of the San Diego sports fan. <laughs> it is amazing how the city of San Diego once had three sports teams, and now the one that's left is the Padres. It's, it's, uh, right. I guess that's the one that got the stadium, and that's the one that's still around, and, and that kind of goes, Vince, to the athletics because mm-hmm. uh, you know baseball's most itinerant franchise, the only one that's moved twice that I can think of uh, is the A's, right? Uh, Boston Braves. They
0: only moved once. Boston Braves, Milwaukee Braves. Atlanta, oh yeah,
2: they did move three times. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah, that's three. Yeah. That's it's three cities, day day. Yep. just like Oakland. Um, I mean, like I guess you know that's kind of where you kind of have to start, Vince. Is that uh, the the A's and the Rays are the not only do they rhyme, but they also have uh, almost literally crappy stadium situations. Literally, literally so in Oakland's so case. In, in case. <laughs> um with, the, with their sewage issues. But um yep. you know, I guess it feels like Oakland's organization is uh you know, there there's strengths and weaknesses to every organization, but ultimately this this organization seems like the their stadium situation and trying to get a new park and the resulting lack of um in fact, they just don't have a steady revenue stream. And now in the latest CBA, they're losing some of the revenue sharing money they were getting. It feels like until the stadium situation is settled, it's really hard for the A's to make a long-term plan, isn't it? I mean, even they have a new president, but just feels like mm-hmm. this is always a franchise that, is, that has to be able to turn on a dime because they just don't know where the next paycheck's coming from, it almost feels like. That, that's kind of how they operate.
1: Am I wrong? No, oh, you're right. And I, I think that, you know, the, the good thing about that, though, is they, they've shown the ability to turn on a dime, right? So last year, they 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 really maximized on Rich Hill and Josh Reddick by, by trading those guys for, you know, three pitchers who, who are now ranked in the middle of their top 10. Um, so I, I think you're absolutely right in saying that. and I, But I think that the people who are in place can turn on a dime pretty well, we've seen. Uh, so... Uh, I guess they have the right team in place or it's those guys have been in place long enough to, to recognize that they have to be able to pivot when they do.
2: And the thing is, I think mean, they're almost hypersensitive to that because they pivoted too soon mm-hmm. two years ago when they traded Josh So I mean, I, that is ultimately right. a deal that's just... They pivoted uh, one way too
0: far, which is, is they run right. for it understandably, but Addison Russell yep. for Jeff Samarja is, and Jason Hamill is one of those that's going to... Oh. Gonna burn for years and years to come. And then the next oh, yeah. year they flip, you know, and then after that they flipped the other way too quickly, which was not just Josh Donaldson, but like uh, what was the Joey Wendell
2: trade? It was Joey Wendell. Didn't they also trade Yasmani Grendel? Did they have Yasmani Grandal? I'm thinking I get him confused yeah. so often with the uh, no the Yonder Red. Alonso. I get thinking. yeah, but like trading for Yonder Alonso when they've made these right. deals they haven't necessarily gotten a ton back, although for Josh Donaldson right they did get their number one prospect in Franklin Barreto. I guess ultimately, Vince, the real question on Franklin Barreto is it seems like people are quite consistent in their evaluations of the fact that he will hit and that he will be a good Mm -hmm. hitter. Ultimately, gut feel after talking to people in the organization, where do you think he's going to wind up playing?
1: Yeah, it's either going to be third base or left field, I think. And. The thing about that is, they—it's one of the positions that they. Well, I shouldn't say it's one of the positions, but corner infield and outfield is kind of a place that they've got surplus now, right? With uh, Ryan, uh, uh, yeah, Ryan, Healy. Ryan,
2: Ryan, yeah, Ryan O'Neil, Ryan O'Neill,
1: Ryan O'Neill, which dates me a lot, but that's Ryan funny. Only you—you're
2: the only one in the BA yeah. office who would make a Ryan O'Neill <laughs> reference as well. Hashtag old oh, guy joke of the day.
1: Exactly, <laughs> um, and, and you know they've. Got, Renato Nunez and they have Matt Olson and, and Matt Chapman, of course, is the top guy that I should have mentioned. So, you know, it's a, it's a good problem to have in a way, but a lot of, none of these guys are, are slam dunks by any means. Uh, even Chapman, who's a, you know, uh, a good defender, I don't know how much he'll hit. He'll hit for power for sure. But uh, Barreto was the original question. And um, yeah, he's a third baseman. He doesn't profile there very well. Uh, he's a left fielder whose body is quickly thickening. And so you're not sure how, how, well, he'll move out there, and he again won't profile that well. Um, he'll hit, but just not sure where he fits.
0: What, what about second base? Because that kind of the five nine kind of you know makes him kind of when you think of you know that kind of second. I've heard you know second base and center field also in the past. Mm-hmm. The thickening mm-hmm. kind of
2: precludes center field probably in the long term. Sounds like we're talking about a right. movie, like Frank Barretto, the thickening. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I, I, I'm with you though, JJ. Second base seems. like, I mean, I guess. To, did, so do did, did the, did the A's officials not think he can handle second base, or do you think they just have enough other guys who are better options at second base?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of both, I think. I think they they think he can handle it if he needs to, but they also, as you mentioned, have some options. Uh, guys like Joey Wendell, who's a favorite of Bob Melvin, and then there's Max Schrock, who's a, a hitter first.
2: He's a favorite of, of, of John and JJ. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a Schrock
1: fan. correct yeah absolutely and i think the other thing too is they have marcus Simeon, who had a bunch of home runs last year who's currently their shortstop who might move over when you know when when maybe richie martin is ready or uh you know something like that and if the, richie martin never hits enough
2: and the weird thing for Barreto, and i think this will be reflected like in the industry we'll, we'll we'll see i mean this is kind of top 100 season and baseball america's working on our top 100 list uh Working out those negotiations right now with MLB Network, as a matter of fact. We'll do the Top 50 show again, which is exciting. Um, and for me, Franklin Barreto is a Top 50 prospect. Because I think he is a second baseman, ultimately. And I think he's going to hit. He's 20 years old. Mm-hmm. His track record for hitting goes back to like when he was 15. I do think there's going to be pop there. Um, I'm okay with the thickening as a fellow thick guy. I mean, I think he'll handle <laughs> the thickness better than There are me. a lot
0: of thick second basemen. Yeah, I-,
2: I think he's, he's yeah. going to be an offensive second baseman myself. Um, I do think the fact that he didn't play great in the fall league is going to be reflected on a lot of other top hundreds. There are a lot of pretenders. There's only one real BA top hundred, but I think you're going to see that elsewhere. But for me, he's a top 50 guy. But JJ, I don't remember if he was in your top 50 well, in the I handbook or was, not. Because again, I
0: not that he's not close to it, but it just from the idea, um, from the idea that it's like okay, his bat is going to have to be really good. I mean, second base now, we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. I We still don't know if second base the last two years is a fluke or not. Right. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is, is that second base nowadays is a more offensive position than left field. Which the, is crazy. It, which is crazy. But the expectations on it right. are much higher than they used to be. You can be a 270 hitter with 15 homers, and it's like,
2: yeah, you're you're an average second baseman nowadays. Which Right. Is, which is crazy. I think I think Loretta's a little bit better hitter than that, but, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, I think ultimately the power is kind of a question of just how much impact he's going to have. Um, let's stick with that kind of up-the-middle theme, Vince, because mm-hmm. it does seem like as you go through the top 30, there's an awful lot of up-the-middle guys. And I will say, um, you know, it, as we debated the list, and obviously you and I have debated this list a lot, and there's a lot of different ways you could rank these guys, and that's why we have the... The BA grades because it does kind of help you give a a good idea of ceiling versus certainty with a lot of these players. Yeah, we rank Chad Pinder fairly aggressively, really based more on certainty of role and that he's going to be a big leaguer of some kind. Um, I think Chad Pinder, Richie Martin, and Yairo Munoz. Those are guys that feels like internally we were pretty split on. I, I I assume that this is how you think the A's kind of line these guys up in terms of going Pinder, then Martin, and then Munoz. But there, right. or, or was there something that you liked better about Pinder to rank him at the top of those three guys, even though we ended up ranking him as the lowest ceiling of those three guys?
1: Right. Yeah, no, I think it was um, what I heard from within the organization. I mean, they're very um, happy with Pinder's play in terms of his fundamental ability. Um, they like that he... Although doesn't have the highest ceiling of those guys, that he does the job that he's supposed to do, and I think the the and the opposite of that is is Yairo Munoz, who um, several people in the organization felt was a little too flashy for his own good. I mean, there's clearly a high ceiling there with him, but I think one one person I spoke to said there's a, it's a matter of trying to like beat out the flashiness, beat the flashiness out of him, Hmm. if you will. Like Uh, at some point he's going to have to learn not to make plays that difficult. He's carried that for years. Hmm. Yeah. When I was doing Midwest league calls,
0: I mean like basically, uh, I had, I think a couple of opposing managers call it the Iroh Munoz experience, which was, you know, (laughs) you knew when the Munoz was on the field for
2: good and
1: bad. Right. That's, and it's absolutely something that's carried with him. Um, that uh, it's a stubbornness, I think, and in uh, in regard to making things more difficult than he needs to make them. And that, you know, hopefully he grows out of that. But at this point, it's that's not been the case.
2: Yeah, I think the and, know, and, one way you can help a player grow out of that is not promote him to double A when he's not ready. And that's the that's the startling <laughs> thing about the A's yeah. with Yairo Munoz. Um, to me, is. If you think you need to beat the flash out of him, then send him back to high A after one and a half decent months there. I mean, I I don't get it. Why do you send a 21-year-old to double A when you're – I mean, like, you're going to move him around anyway, so it's not like Richie Martin should have been in his way. And Honestly, Mm -hmm. Richie Martin probably could have handled being in low A to start the year. So The -hmm. the next time that Richie Martin has a dominant season will be the first time. The first time, yeah. I mean, he had some good capes. He had some good capes. But that's about it. I mean, like, he – so I, I, I think there's, so I'm, I'm curious, did that come up at all, Vince, in the, because I mean, it's not only just they moved Yaro Munoz to double-A, but he had a foot injury in spring training. That, that really struck me as odd, an odd handling of this player who, um, you know, they, they've, they've liked for a long time. I've talked to club officials about him before, and They've always seemed yeah. to like Yahweh Munoz, and, uh, you know, then he went out to the, you know, the fall league this year. Well, ultimately, uh, you know, they, they put him almost exclusively at third base there. I mean, I that doesn't necessarily mean he's a third baseman going forward. It certainly looks like he's not a shortstop for them going forward. And it's a
0: waste of his – Right. I understand Matt Chapman may stand in the way of him doing it, but it is a waste of his right. arm yeah. to put him in second.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I, I can't figure out how they <laughs> – I, I can't figure out the way they've used Yahweh Munoz. It sounds like you – you don't quite know that one either and I don't even know if they know it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's difficult to figure that out because I mean you would think a punitive action would be needed at some point if you're saying, you know, look, we, we're we're frustrated with the development of this player. And and yet as you said they didn't follow through on that kind of plan. So I yeah, it's it's a difficult one to figure out because I was surprised how negative, not negative but I guess how yeah, maybe negative is right, how negative they were about his um his stubbornness, or how, how negative they were about his overall attitude, you yeah. know, and
2: uh, yeah, but, but yet
1: the tools are there, and so they it's hard for them to, um, you know, be completely down on, on him as a player.
0: They, they've got a lot of sorting out to do. I mean, we saw this mm-hmm. we saw this with their double A club last year. I mean, where it was they moved a lot of guys around because they have a lot of guys who you don't know where the best fitted for them is long term, and so. Right. Matt Chapman played shortstop and third base. You know, Yairo mm-hmm. Munoz played second oh. base, shortstop, third mm-hmm. base. Franklin Barretto, shortstop, second base. You know, Chap Hinder at level above, shortstop, second base. Uh, you know, even and Ryan Healy, they moved from Healy, Healy, first, back to third. third. First and third. Right. They got a lot of guys who, yep. uh, if you're looking on the positive, Matt- they have versatility. If you're looking on the negative, mm-hmm. besides Matt Chapman, who Matt Chapman. If you put Matt Chapman at third base, you are getting a well above average defender. Yeah, with, guy could
2: be a seven defender at third base in the big leagues. I really think right. he can. With
0: with maybe and who could end up having maybe the best arm, right? In you know infield arm in the in the majors. I really in, hope
2: that he. First, I'm I'm just so encouraged for Matt Chapman's sake that we still have those reports. Some guys have great arms and they kind of let it lapse. I mean, if you don't if you don't mm-hmm. use it, you lose it. It sounds like he really maintains his arm care, which is uh fun and uh and and, and another endearing quality about him I do love that a lot of the comps for him are like yeah he's like Matt Dominguez but a better version of him it's like man I don't want to start with that (laughs) but you I've I've heard that comparison for him for a couple of years I guess the thing is Vince no one really is convinced or convicted um that Matt Chapman's ever going to be a really high average hitter right it's really it's power over hit right
1: Oh no, yeah, I, he's definitely power over hit. I mean, I think Greg Nettles is, is a decent comp to him, like in terms of a guy who will hit two forty or two thirty, but both still impact the ball enough to, you know, make it worthwhile. Um,
2: Love the old Yankee comp.
1: Yeah, another another dated reference, but a guy who was you know a really good fielder. Uh, he's got a better on than Nettles ever did. Nettles always used to loop the ball over to first, but. But um, but that's the kind of guy I see him as, like a classic. You know, in, when I was growing up, a classic third base type was a guy who was a power over hit defender. So.
2: I thought you were going to drop a, a a Ken Boyer reference on us there for a second, or Cleet Boyer. <laughs> growing up, when well, you're talking about growing up, sorry, no. old guy joke yeah. number two of the day. So right. <laughs> you're, you are what they want. You are a good sport about uh, my old guy jokes. Says the guy who just <laughs> turned forty five. Um, <laughs> uh, we're talking Oakland A's prospect with Vince Lara. And, uh, uh, you know, the other position player in there, uh, Vince, other kind of up-the-middle guys were Richie and you know, Richie Martin, like we talked about. And then those those second basemen, um, and we, we're not even getting to Yerdel Vargas, but those second basemen we mentioned, Wendell and Schrock. It does seem right. like, um, you know, Wendell has a shot to really be, uh, I guess he's going to compete for that big league second base job. And, you know, honestly, Jed, Jed Lowry – is so old that I was the college baseball beat writer here when Jed Lowry was in college. So you know he's getting long in the long in said tooth. Um, I mean, I, I guess Joe Wendell's really got a shot that big league second base job. And 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 what's your kind of him? He and Richie Martin—they're they're polar opposites. Richie Martin is an athlete, yeah, uh, good defender. Um, you know, it's good that the bat needs some time, and yet they again they pushed him very quickly last year. Whereas Wendell it seems like he needs to be in the big leagues already, but. Uh, they've kind of taken their time with him. Um, what what's your kind of gut feel on ETAs for those two guys, especially Martin? Uh what's what's their plan for yeah. Richie Martin in twenty seventeen?
1: Yeah, I think I think they'll they'll you know, pump the brakes a little with Richie and try to get him to where he's comfortable and, and you know, I mean they're they're still confident that the bat'll come around because of the bat speed and because of his actions at bat. Um and I think um, you know, I, I, I think he'll probably uh, probably begin the year at double A uh, again after um, a nice little stint there, you know, last year. Uh, I think Joey Joey Wendell has a real shot of um, getting the starting job because I think they were really impressed with how he improved defensively. His hands are pretty good. He turned the double play okay. Uh, Bob Melvin already loves him, loves his, you know, great makeup kid, uh, and he can really hit. Um, and those are, you know, the guys that the, that the A's really like are guys that can move around a little bit who are, who are bat first guys mostly, um, and who are, you know, solid makeup guys. And I think that, um, for that reason, he'll get a shot to sort of be that bridge, I think, because I think ultimately you're right. Barreto probably is a second baseman and so he'll probably end up there, but, but Wendell for, let's say Wendell's the second baseman for 2017 and then, you know, Barreto comes in in 2018 and takes that job and then they can still move Wendell around. Um, you know, there's always, there's always the rush to, to have like Ben Zobrist 2.0 and the A's have a bunch of guys who can, who can fit that mold. Um, it looks like.
0: I'm making my prediction and uh, I, I'm thinking that Max Schrock, who admittedly has faces questions about how well he can play second but I think mm-hmm. Max Schrock ends up being the second baseman of the ace. I think that he's a better hitter than either of those I other two it. guys. And mm-hmm. he'll, as you said, it's an offensive position. Bretto may be the 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 obstacle for him in the long term. You know, but Bretto or mm-hmm. Schrock. But I kind of feel like, and maybe this is unfair, but I, I I just don't know if Joey Wendell, like, okay, I, I feel like he's the kind of guy I've been I think the BA grade that he'll have in the in the handbook reflects this. He's the kind of guy who, if he's your second baseman, you're you're okay, but you're looking to replace him. And that's kind of what we're yeah. interested to see: is is that can Joey Wendell be more than that? Can he be more than the guy where you go, yeah, we're
1: okay, but we're looking to move, you know, looking to improve? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be the role he carries, the yoke he carries in 2017 is, yeah, he's going to be the second baseman for now, you know, until the next wave, you know, comes through, um, and that would likely be Franklin Barreto um, at, at second base.
2: See, I think it's going to be, I think the interim guy's going to be Chad Pinder, that's the thing, is I think Pinder's the oh, interim guy, over. not and not uh-huh. Wendell's. So I think... I I'm not as high on Wendell as Bob Melvin is. Apparently, I just don't. I don't. I don't buy a guy who's supposed to be a hit tool. It's supposed to be his best tool, and he wa- strikes out 100 more times than he walks and doesn't hit for power. I mean, I just don't see yeah. it. So, just for me personally, nothing personal. I ranked Joey Wendell long ago in the Coastal Plain League along with Joe Scalpani. <laughs> they were two peas in a pod for me. In that league, and I thought they were both like good AAA guys who might get a little big league time. Yeah. And that was true for Schlaffani. I don't even know if he's in baseball yep. anymore. I saw him in AAA with the Astros a couple of years ago. But for me, Joe Wendell is a four A joker. Whereas Max Schrock led the minor leagues in hits this year. He had some. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some injury issues at South Carolina. Ultimately, I don't know why South Carolina's the Grayson and Grinders and the Joey Pancakes and the. <laughs> Tanner Englishes and the Max Schrocks of the world didn't work out and didn't hit at South Carolina the way they we thought they would. I think part of mm-hmm. it was all of college baseball had a lot of guys in that time span who grew up using uh, Beezer bats and got BB cores in their hands and had gotten in some bad habits. I think a lot of college yeah. baseball coaches had gotten in some bad habits when it came to coaching hitting. And, you know, Max Schrock has – it's a small, short sample – but one full season of the minor leagues, more hits than anybody else, I'm, I'm going to buy in on that guy. So for me, mm-hmm. uh, that's I prefer him to, in a, in a significant way, to Wendell. I think Wendell is just a guy everybody's got. But you know, Schrock finished up in A. Yeah. I think Schrock, you know, Schrock finished up in Double A in his first full season playing with that uh, you know, Texas League champion Midland Rockhounds team, playing second base mm-hmm. next to Richie Martin. Um, both guys played three years in the SEC, both in their first full year in pro ball. Martin hit a little better in the in the uh, you know hit a little bit better in the Texas League playoffs, but overall I think Max Schrock yeah, sure you know hit circles around him. So personal mm-hmm. that board I'm putting who's more likely to be a big league regular for me it's Max Schrock. So I, and that's I, and it's, it's not even uh, I just think it's crazy that the A's in the year of the SEC shortstop wound up with the two guys I would least like <laughs> out of the SEC shortstop, which are <laughs> Richie Martin and then uh, Mikey White, who really had a very ordinary White full, first full season. Boy. And that
0: leads to the next question to me is is okay when we're talking about the 2017 A's you look at this division when we have the Rangers and Astros who basically last couple of years they've been fighting it out you have the angels mm-hmm. who until the day that Mike trout's contract is up or Mike trout is traded are in it are are going for it every year because you can't waste Mike trout you have right. the Mariners who, have made, last I checked, I believe the number was 4,722 moves this year in the offseason, which clearly all of them are aimed at, hey, we're contending as well. Mm -hmm. Where does that, we've got a 69-win A's team, and it's really hard to say what the A's have done that says, okay, this team's going to be significantly better in 2017 than they were in sixteen. Is this team right. really in a true rebuild, or are they more in a an attempt to kind of restock while attempting to contend? Where do you think they are?
1: I think it's a it's a transition. We'll put it that way. I think, um, so I noticed the Yankees have, have avoided using the word rebuild. They've, they've used transition, and I think that's kind of where the A's are too. I think um, they, they're... Transitioning into the next phase, which is okay, Matt Chapman gets here and, and Matt Olson gets here and Franklin Barreto gets here. And then we've got all these young arms that we really like. But you know, JJ long term, I the, the Astros and Rangers are, are, are so solidly placed. And then you got a Mariners team that's going to, I guess DePoto going to go for it all the time. And, and and I don't know where that leaves the A. It leaves them in the second, you know, it leaves them being relegated, if you will. If we were talking soccer, you know, I mean, they they get yeah. knocked down. Um, you know, they they um, they have some interesting players coming along, but unless the pitching is a lot better than we all think it is, I mean, the three of us think it is, then um, I don't see how they compete unless there's a real, you know. There's a a real step-up year for one of those guys. I mean, their pitchers are interesting, but there are no, you know, there's no, there's no star in there. They're all guys who who we think could be relievers instead of starters. You know, as much as we, I, I think I, I love Frankie Frankie Montes what he brings. I get that they want to have him be a starting pitcher, um, but I I don't know how that's going to go long term. Okay. Pardon me, long-term. Uh, that's, a you good,
2: that's a good segue into th- this team's pitching kind of prospects because I think if you like the A system, you like it because of their pitching prospects. You know, the big league mm-hmm. rotation you know, has, to me, two potential front-line guys in Sonny Gray and Shamanaya. It has right. you know, steady-as-she-goes, best $5,000 draft pick of the last 10 years, Kendall Graveman. Love Kendall Graveman. Right. Shout-out wow. to Victoria Long, his girlfriend, now wife, who I sat next to on the way to spring training last year. So that's two years ago, actually. So uh, uh, Kendall was great to me and my son uh, when he was charting one day. So I've been a big Kendall Graveman fan ever since. So uh, and he's really had a nice little career. One of the better careers of any of the mm-hmm. college pitchers drafted in 2013. But the best college pitcher drafted in 2013 has been Sean Minaya. And so I like the start of the age rotation. The other guys yep. they have kind of penciled in for 2017 right now are Daniel Mengden, who was – Again, uh, part of that tw- in 2013, he was part of that college national team where so many of those mm-hmm. guys have gotten a big league success, whether it was uh, Carlos Rodon or Trey Turner or Alex Bregman or uh, Kyle Schwarber, or Michael Conforto, yada yada yada. A lot of guys. Um, you know, Mengden was in the bullpen for that team, um, and then mm-hmm. there's the then there's the opportunity, and there's opportunity for Andrew Triggs, who I think we snuck into the last year's book at the back of the Orioles top 30 guy Who we once ranked in the top 100 college prospects when he was at USC, he's dropped his arm slot since then. He's kind of remade himself. I, I've always had a soft spot for Andrew Triggs, he's like a really smart, engaged guy who's maximized his ability, uh, th- kind of through his knowledge of pitching. Um, but then mm-hmm. it's the prospects to me, Vince. It's so Jarrell Cotton, Frankie Montes, um, yep. those guys uh, have an opportunity to be in the big league rotation in twenty seventeen, it feels like. And then there's the top ranked pitcher in the system, AJ Puck. I mean, uh you know, Cotton versus Montes. That's a real that's a real you, you kind of tipped your hand there already. You kind of feel like Montes' yeah. place is more in the bullpen. I I can see either of these guys, Cotton or Montes having success, either as starters or relievers. Um I, I kind of always thought that Gerald Cotton was going to be a a potential stud closer because of the changeup when we started hearing about how good the changeup yeah. was last year and there see a lot of fastball changeup closers. Uh, what did he do uh, so much better in 2016 to allow him to lead the PCL and, and strikeout rate for starters and, and kind of position himself as a 2017 rotation uh, option?
1: Yeah, I think that the cutter was the big thing that stepped up for him in 2016. You know, that obviously the changeup is, is what everyone talks about, but um, it, you know, it's, I think that the main thing for him uh, beyond the cutter is is trusting his stuff a lot too you know i think once the the a's realized what they had in him and uh and the fact that the the cutter could give a different look um he was able to to really uh dominate um really put together you saw in, in his uh five start audition there at the end uh just how tough that uh change up is to hit um He's not a big guy, so I I, I totally get the, um, the the concerns about him being a starting pitcher. Uh, but John, you know better than anybody, and, and JJ, you know as well. Like they'll continue to develop him as a starter as long as as possible until that decision has to be made. You know, um, and and if if it's that if this spring that they decide, okay, maybe Jarrell's better off in the bullpen, then, then that's what'll happen. But I think. What they saw from him last year makes them really believe, okay, I think I think this guy can start for us. I mean, cutter change up, fastball guy, um, two seamer, different look with that. Uh, you know, I think I think they, they feel like they've got a back end guy in him.
0: I, I do think that the development of the cutter is important for that too, because mm-hmm. one of my big reasons I've always thought he'd probably end up in the pen is is he this is a John like uh, fave for years, fastball change up righties. It's something yeah, where right. it's a hard – that is a hard profile to be as a starter. But mm-hmm. adding that cutter, have, you know, the improvement of that cutter, that, that little wrinkle that keeps it yep. from just being fastballs and something that looks like a fastball. You, you Ideally, you'd want that slider, you know, to be a little better right. to be a starter. Yep. But at least that to me, that makes it a more plausible – and again, you compare him to a guy like Frankie Montes – with Montes, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, we have a pretty long track record now that he has, that he has struggled to make it through a full season. That mm-hmm. makes it hard to kind of go from that to feel comfortable that this is a guy who's going to be able to make 30 plus starts down the road. Yeah, like, I mean, we were talking Mariners recently.
2: No doubt. He certainly has the body for it. Right. I mean, he's a big guy. Right. He's got some athleticism. It's not like a, Definitely. it's not like Jonathan Broxton body. You know? Right.
0: But, but right. we were talking Mariners recently, we were doing a Mariners podcast, and we we're talking about James Paxton. And at this point with James Paxton, if you get 20, if you wanted Montes to be a starter and you said, if we get 20 starts out of him and he's healthy at the end of the year, we feel like, you know, we're, we're in great shape with it. I can see that as maybe a plausible possibility, but it's really hard to just. Again, James Paxson is the same way. Yeah. You're not, you don't pencil in James Paxson start of the year and say, we're getting 32 starts this year. Right. You say, <laughs> you know, there's going to be a stint on the DL, maybe two, but we hope that when he's healthy, right. we'll get really good stuff, and we just know we'll have some backup plans.
2: Yeah, That's why I prefer Cotton to Montes. Uh, I know it's a bold <laughs> move, Cotton, but to me, yeah, M- <laughs> Montes is 24, age 24 season coming up, and he's pitched <clears> over 100 innings once. And you just don't fall into 100 innings. I also go to the Matt Eddy theorem here on Frankie Montes of there's a reason why teams keep trading this guy. It's not just mm-hmm. that teams keep trading for him. That is a plus. But he was signed by the Red Sox. Red Sox to White Sox. White Sox right. to Dodgers. Now Dodgers to A's. At some point, somebody has to really want to hold on to this guy. What's he? What is there about this guy that causes... Three teams to trade him. It's not always, oh, we want something else, and it's like, like that's right. that's one of the reasons why Matt always has a little hesitancy on on Josh Hader, which I understand. He's been if you got to get a 19th round pick, you know, like oh, like Baltimore did. You think they want to like, oh man, what a find? But maybe they thought, oh, 19th round pick, he's disposable. We'll trade him for Bud Norris. But then Houston had him, and Houston had him good, and then to give him yep. up for Carlos Gomez. Yeah, you know, that, makes you. So I understand why Matt's like, hmm, maybe there's less to the to, less to Josh Hader than meets the eye. I, I happen to believe in Josh Hader, but that that's doubt in my head. But with Frankie Montes, it's even one more trade, and he's right-handed. He throws the not out of it. I mean, what are we missing? So that's why I'm I always hesitant to endorse Frankie Montes.
1: Yeah, I think the walk rate I think is concerning. You know, John, I think that the the A's are for sure. I mean, you know, they're they're obviously going to tell me and anybody else we like Frankie as a starter because that makes the most sense, right? They they want his value to be as high as it can be, but you know, the, the walk rate is for sure a concern. Um,
2: yeah, three point eight per and, nine and, over and, his, and, and he's been a starter. It's not like he's doing that out of the, out of the bullpen. Eighty six of right. his hundred six outings in the minor as a professional, you know, major and minor leagues have been uh, have been as a starter. So he's usually starting, right. and he's usually not throwing enough strikes. So yep. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, the, the he was the, the most effective he was was in the AFL this you know this uh, fall. Um, you know, he was actually piggybacking with Dylan Covey, who got picked by the White Sox in the Rule Five, and he was just throwing the hell out of the ball. You know, just yeah, just I mean, he he and Covey um, uh, combined for that no hitter along with Drew's second mm-hmm. rider of the Marlins. Right. So. Um, yeah, I mean, anybody who saw that outing, who saw those outings, said, "Yeah, this guy's a reliever." You know,
2: and and even um, and that's the thing. And even there, even though he had a o fifty ERA, 053 ERA in the fall league, he still walked eight in yep. seventeen innings. That's just right. Not not good enough. And struck
1: out only and yeah. struck out only nine, I believe, if the cents are right. So yeah, so he was. So there's maybe there's a lack of deception there. Maybe there's you know whatever it is, very straight fastball, but. um yeah, he's interesting. I think he's going to be a bullpen guy ultimately. But uh, you know how teams, teams will always tell you, um, we're going to start him until, right. you know, until it manifests itself and we have to make that change. So,
2: so then the, the other starting pitchers who have this kind of upside are, again, A.J. Puck. We, we, can, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, can, t- we can lump in their 27, 2016 draft guys in a, in a minute. But uh, the holdovers – well, not holdovers. Grant Holmes is new to the organization. That's a guy that I was very high on coming out of the draft. He has not had the pro career I kind of hoped that he would have. And then Daniel Gossett, who kind of went the other direction this year, in a good direction, finished up yeah. in AAA, really had a, a dynamite year. Um, and then, you know, they have some kind of yep. older holdovers. Uh, uh, Raul Alcantara, uh, Dylan Overton, owner of the worst big league debut of all time. Heath Phil yeah. Meyer, who had a nice year uh, for them this year, kind of yep. took a big step forward. Out of those other starting pitchers, um, Vince, uh, and some of them uh, acquired um, in trades, uh, other non twenty sixteen draft guys. Kind of who's your who's your gut feel guys? Who are the guys that you kind of like, and who are the guys who you think like? Who you ranked with maybe less? Is there one guy you really liked better than the way you ranked him? Is there a guy that you liked less than you ranked him? You know, if you understand that. Yeah, question. I think
1: right. I think um, I, I liked Phil Meyer higher uh, better than I ranked him just because of how positive all the feedback was on Heath Philmeyer. I, I went in with a complete blank slate on him and I just was impressed with how people kept bringing him up to me, you know, like, Hey, there's a guy you forget, or, you know, this is a guy I want to make sure to mention, um, you know, and, and it's a guy who, because he has such a fresh arm, as it seems like to say as a, as you know, as a, as a position player for most of his career, I think that the, there's, It'll be interesting to see what what he is this year, you know, and whether he stays as a starting pitcher. I think they like his clean delivery, so that, that means they see starter possibility with him. Uh, athletic guy, obviously, as a former position player. So I, I really like uh, Phil Meyer. You know, Gossett is a guy who, uh, talking about the other direction, and guys I rank high who I'm just unsure about, I know how good he was this year. But, uh, man, that came out of nowhere. I mean, uh, I, I, don't, I think even the A's had to be stunned by how much better he was this year. And the, one of the things that they brought up to me was, man, check that guy's soft contact rate. Like, he just killed like, – nobody was hitting the ball off of him at all. And um, how much better, you know, the cutter was. You know, they, they had worked with him. One of the things Gil Patterson tries to work with on guys is, like, you know, if, if the slider doesn't work, well, maybe we need a cutter or, or a curveball. Let's go with a different – breaking page
2: yeah no and that, that, that is became, that is Bill. yeah that is gil patterson's like that's what he's most known for isn't it I mean, like, absolutely that's his number one i mean i guess uh yeah that's it i was about to confuse him with fritz patterson so he doesn't want to be confused <laughs> with fritz patterson to make another old yankee joke but um yeah, yeah i mean yeah, that, that yeah, fritz, is what he is most yep. known for for sure
1: absolutely so yeah so i think the cutter is, is what put Gossett over the over the hump and uh uh, but you know, I I don't know what to expect. He was so good last year, and again, that was sort of out of nowhere. I mean, you know, looking at how, his, how much his walk rate improved, his strikeout rate was was in line. And but who knows? I mean, I don't know what they have there. Uh, I mean, he's a second round pick. He's not a nobody. He's not a sleeper by any means. But um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Daniel will be this year and and how he fares.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was a you know he was a dude at Clemson for sure. Absolutely, and, and yes. just uh, and a second round pick, like you said. So it's not like he, but he he made such significant improvement in his uh, strike throwing ability because uh, he didn't and you know, he Absolutely. walked a, he walked a decent amount in college. He just didn't give up a lot of hits in college. Uh, this year it was kind of everything. He didn't give up a lot of hits. He didn't give up a lot of home runs. He didn't give a lot of walks. Uh, he he really had a right. really nice year all the way around and finished up in AAA and uh, thrown well in the playoffs <laughs> there as well. Um, right. Last but not least, I guess this year's draft class, um, you know, we we probably, I mean, I I, didn't even talk about catchers. I mean, we ranked Bruce Maxwell in their top 10. We almost ranked Sean Murphy in their top 10. We kind of were all over the place. Yeah. But this, this year's draft class, uh, obviously Sean Murphy, the catcher at a right state. And then these three high caliber college pitchers they drafted in Logan Shore, Dalton Jeffries and AJ Puck. Uh, what was your mm-hmm. sense uh, of how those guys debuted what did, what did those guys show after they signed or did they really get to show too much because all those guys really pitched a lot uh, in their junior seasons or as much as they could health uh, uh, considering their health and Dalton Jeffries
1: yeah, I think with with puck I was surprised at how how um, uh, not down but I guess how uh, they viewed puck's slider i mean what I consistently heard was it wasn't what we, we thought it would be. You know, this, it, it lacked bite. Uh, the rep uh, far out seated, uh, far exceeded what we saw, um, you know, and, and the concerns about what AJ puck is, if he's a starter going forward, um, uh, I was really surprised, uh, especially when you, when you look at his stats, I mean, he, he did strike out 11 per nine. I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't give up any home runs, you know, it's a, it's a brief, it's a small sample size as, as always, but um, yeah, I think uh, I was surprised to hear what they thought uh, that his slider really lacked what they had expected. So they weren't, um, too, they
2: weren't too enthused by his debut. I mean, I'll tell you what, they, they gave they made it easy they for him because, J.J., how often does the top college pitcher in the draft debut in the New York Penn League? I mean, that's... Yeah, that's that's like where you'd think they could, but usually the top college guy moves a lot quicker. No,
0: debut there is one thing to me. That's to me not that unusual. Stay there for thirty. Right, like I mean, like Chris again. That's the thing that's a little unusual is is the Chris Bryant's and all like even position player wise. There's often this like, hey, you're gonna start. Sometimes it's you're gonna start the GCL, the AZL. Hey,
2: what's I think Chris Bryant's first day in the AZL was it the AZL, the New York or the uh, Northwest League was over five, five strikeouts, three errors. I mean, it was right off. It was exactly yeah. It was like good, right. good thing he wasn't Shaq Thompson. Good, good thing nobody <laughs> tweeted incessantly about that. But ten starts,
0: and again, off on very short we're, you know innings limits. You know, but ten starts yes. in the New York Penn League. Now that is a little unusual.
2: Here's, but, a, here's a comp: Chris Sale. Here's a big, tall, completely no, like, but he fits no. <laughs> into one of AJ Puck's pant legs. And, and it's but the they're White both Sox. tall left hands. Yeah, and it's
0: the White Sox who basically like they 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 debut their uh, their 18 year olds in you know in the Sally League. But you know,
2: but I mean the dude the dude that guy went straight to the Carolina League for four innings, then to the Triple A for six, and then 23 in the big leagues. I mean, Chris Sale was not more polished, I don't believe, than AJ Puck. I just don't believe. I mean, I know it's different organizations. But I don't believe was more polished no, but, than A.J. Puck. But again, to me... He wasn't though, even a top pitcher draft of that year. He turned out to be, but it was like a 17th To me, though, it will be where does Puck start next year?
0: Yeah, like, that's a big question. Because again, if he starts next year in high A, that to me, the fact that he made 10 starts, they were keeping him on a very tight innings limit. He wasn't getting that much work anyway. If you send him to high A to start the year and he's in double A by midseason, that's very much a normal top college pitcher progression. I get it because the yeah. White Sox... Carson Fulmer, they also did with the White Sox. I was like, okay, Carlos Rodon. They, the White Sox drafted a college pitcher. That right. guy's get, you know, again, I'm still blown away that Birdie didn't make it to the majors this past I'm year. I'm stunned. I lost a bet about that. Mm-hmm. I am very stunned. But with Puck, if Puck now turns around and goes to the Midwest League to start the season, then I'm like, oh, man, this is a really slow path.
2: But, I mean, the thing is, like, Beloit and Vermont... And Stockton, all three of those were bad teams. They were all twenty games under five hundred yeah. or worse. Twenty, twenty, and twenty-one. I'm just looking at it right now. I, I did not know that off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not Will Kimmy, um, but, but I am. I'm, but I'm stunned. I'm just stunned they left him there. That's the thing. So they yeah. must really not have been impressed with his debut. And they, let's be honest with it.
1: They really were not. Well, they, look, they, they, you know, I think the stunning thing beyond. I'm sorry to interrupt Tom. but the no, funny it's Okay. Thing to to the, the stunning thing to note beyond like the slider. Which you know you could you could attribute to fatigue was that they he was they were shocked how unathletic
2: he was. Um, well, that's no shock. Which is a, that is who he is, right? Which is no
1: exactly. Which I was going to say, if you saw him pitch, you knew that. I mean, you knew like uh, <laughs> it just he looked at a sink a lot, and he had back issues. Which, which I mean, again, if you were scouting this guy, you know these things already coming in. But I, I think they were really surprised. Like I wow, didn't move well off the mound, and and. He's got this head whack that really helps, you know. That doesn't help him keep everything in line, and so you know there might be a little, there might be a little breakdown and rebuild thing uh, coming out of spring training for him. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little extended spring to full season club in there someplace.
2: Wow, that would honestly blow me away if they did that. If they think he's that broken, d- delivery wise, maybe. I just cannot. That would just be that because really, look. At, I mean, I'm just looking up top left-handers, and it depends on the organization. Again, Carlos Rodon, different because it's the White Sox again. But Brian Mattis, David Price, Andrew Miller. These are all guys in the last decade with the top left-handers out of the draft, college and especially lefties. Especially years and they, that had oh, lefties, not
0: like right. the 25th pick is the first lefty off the board. And, and all
2: these guys went straight to high A. And Which this makes guy, sense. He pitched in the That's SEC right. for
0: for three years. High A is not, should not be a step up significantly in competition. And
2: this guy went to the USA team, Team USA. And this guy was a guy out of high school. He was top 75 yep. or 80 on our top 100 on the, top, on the BA 500 85, out of high school.
0: 85. Uh, um,
2: 85 is where he was. Um so I have it in front of me, so it's
0: not like I have he, that pulled out from my memory.
2: He only threw 74 <laughs> innings this year, so it's not like his arm had been overused. That's one of the great things about right. the, the University of Florida. Is it's a guarantee that you won't get overused if you go there. Kevin O'Sullivan has plenty of pitchers, and he uses them all. So it's a it is, that, That's kind of where I wanted to go, but I didn't, know it was a, I didn't know it was honestly that negative. But my sense was they were not impressed by what they got in A.J. Puck. Yeah. And it would not shock me if Dalton Jeffries, on my personal board of here's who mm -hmm. I like coming into the year, Dalton Jeffries was darn near number one on the college right-handers list. I love right. Dalton Jeffries, and the crazy thing is, he's a fastball changeup righty. But by the way, but it's a seven changeup, <laughs> and he's an athlete. But when you
0: speak of where they guys go, up. Dalton yeah.
2: Jeffries was in the A. Z.
0: L. Now, admittedly, he was on a very short. But game. that's
2: the problem for him, is he got banged up. So I understand why he fell yeah. to where he fell, and why they handled him the way they handled him, because he is a small fry, <laughs> and that's right. he, unfortunately his track record of durability is minus. It's a minus track record.
0: But again, I want to. Again, I don't want to make too much of Puck being the New York Penn because also Logan Shore, who, if A.J. Puck is far too advanced for the New York Penn League, Logan Shore is so far more advanced than that. Like, there's concerns you can have with Logan Shore, but... Pitching yes. in the same rotation and being more of the guy right. at Florida than yeah. Puck yeah, ever was.
2: Thirty more innings than his college roommate.
0: The, the reality of it is, is that Logan Shore. If you just sent Logan Shore to High A last year to, to end the season and been like, yeah, this is okay, right, this even is for very an comfy. inning,
2: even for an inning or two. And that's the thing. Like, like the Cardinals. This is not a or this is an organization with a pretty good track record for developing pitchers. And the Cardinals <laughs> took Dakota Hudson, and they said, "him they, He finished the year in the Double A Texas League bullpen. Like, hey, that's not yeah. your long term role. But We want you to get a little taste of this." And again, if you're looking for a winning team for Oakland, you had to go to Double A because they're High A, Low A, short season team, bad. So I'm, I'm a little mm-hmm. bit, I'm just a little surprised at how they handled all three of these guys because I like all three of these guys. And uh, if, right. Dal- if Dalton Jeffries had been a little Healthier, but here's the bad trend on Dalton, Dalton Jeffries: innings pitched freshman ninety-one and a third, innings pitched sophomore eighty, innings pitched junior fifty. Not a good trend, right? Not a, not and yep. not. So I love Dalton Jeffries. I'm, I'm all about him. Where they got him, great value. So I kind of like their yep. draft. I like the first four college guys they took, um, mm-hmm. but all those guys, and you know, and uh, even uh, Sean Murphy has had a little. Uh, just consistent health issues with a uh, MRSA on in, in the summer, but you really like Sean yeah. Murphy. It sounds like they really like Sean Murphy.
1: Oh man, they, they were over the moon about Sean Murphy, and I, and I think like first iteration, as you mentioned, we had him in the top ten. So uh, you know, one one guy said, you know, I put a ninety on his arm, and was talking about you know young Pudge in, in terms of arm strength, which is just crazy. Uh, I'm
2: sorry, that's just crazy. That's yeah, crazy. It is, it's crazy. It is, it's <laughs> it <is> crazy. <laughs> it, it's crazy. I'm sorry. You know how that's crazy. I, d- I don't know how God, it is. The things go. That's the thing I, d- I well, do, but I don't. That yeah. is yeah. crazy. I've seen the guy throw. The ball does not come out like that. So I don't know what the hell what's going on there. I really I don't. That <laughs> quote in your notes exasperates me to no end because it's like, first of all, why are we making a comp to a guy who doesn't play anymore? Has this guy ever seen Yadi Molina with his one seven second base? Right, I mean, right, right. Second of all, Sean Murphy. I've seen it. I watched it. It's a good arm. It's not even the best one that came out this year, JJ. That was Jake Rogers. It just was. We asked a lot of guys about it. So that's an exasperating I, I quote. Think, exasperating. Yeah,
1: I think hyperbole is is sometimes possible during these calls. You know, like you you, you talk to a guy who's like really crazy high about a guy and that, and that
2: happens. Um, not like that. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That is really – that's like – that's comping a guy to a Hall of Famer. I don't get that. Right? I don't get that uh, – that, is, that does that the player a disservice. So the, the the person who made that comparison should know that. It I don't get that. I I rarely get the comps anymore. Like oh man, that's Maddox-esque. That doesn't happen. Right. The one time I got that I, I, that the that I actually ran with it. Guess what? It actually was true. It was about Buster Posey. Just like Greg Maddox is going to be in the Hall of Fame. You know. So right. Throwing <laughs> that gauntlet.
0: Although.
2: At the time, he was saying as a pitcher. Yes, yes. <laughs> and he's not going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher. Correct, but he had the little anyway. But yes, <laughs> but they love Sean Murphy. I think they love.
1: I, I think John Bench came up as well in that oh. in that conversation. So, just <laughs> if you wanted to feel more at, at, ill at ease about that, uh, but I didn't mention Johnny Bench in there because that's just to me that would have been crazy. That, that, like, I, hey,
0: I, I will argue that I will argue, and you can say what you want about performance, medicine, drugs, and drugs. I'm not trying to take this down a tangent, but if you lined up Pudge Rodriguez's career and Johnny Bench's, I don't know. I'm taking Johnny Bench, I, I think that that's a good discussion, yeah. And longevity and consistency of but... production, I would say, goes to Pudge,
2: yeah. There's a reason for that, <laughs> yeah, reason there that. may be, <laughs> but, peak, but peak, the peak isn't too the, close. Johnny Bench peak is I'll give you that a lot better, but ridiculous. But yeah, well, well, we have gone for over fifty minutes. It's like the twins podcast. So I, was, I was feeling it on. both John's these. fired up. He's he's been out of the office and he's fired up. Well, the last question, Vince: Who's the Roy White in this organization? Because yeah. we've mentioned all, we've touched all your '70s faves. Who's the Who's the yep. uh, the A's Roy White, or do they not have one?
1: Jacob Brugman, I'll say, just because <laughs> I, I I want to mention Jacob Brugman, <laughs> and because I love the Roy White, so. Yeah, you know, a guy who, uh, who uh, another guy who the A's people were, were sure to, to mention to me and make sure to, to to get him in here. Fundamental guy who they really love. Um, uh, ceiling is probably uh, not very high, but uh, but they're all about Jacob Brugman.
2: So he's not Roy White, but we did mention Roy White. So we hit all your touchstones, yeah. which I appreciated. So. Correct. All right. Well, good stuff there. <laughs> good stuff. that it is uh, interesting, farces of JJ, but um, I just think they have so many guys who could go one way or the other. They really, they don't have a lot of yep. sure things. And just, I'm, I think it's telling that they really didn't like AJ Puck. It's like the guy who everybody liked last summer. And everyone everyone's like, you want him? No, nah, I don't want him. You take him. No, nah, you take but him. But the thing about it is, yeah.
0: is, that, and I always go back to this. There is a to me one of the things that does jump out with that is, is we always see, and sometimes it's useful and sometimes it's not. But we always see one of the fascinating things is is when you get guys go from the amateur side to the pro side. And mm-hmm, essentially mm-hmm. what happens is there's some overlap, but you get a whole different group of guys yep. who are putting eyes on.
2: Them. It just sounds like honestly it sounds like when you were getting early reports on Mark Appel. Those Mark exactly like that's it.
0: exactly what it's like, where it yeah. was like the pro guys saw him this and they're guy? like and they were it was it was. It was, it was like, that's one one? Yeah. That's not one one. Yeah. And they were, they were adamant about it, and that was like within the first 20 innings that he'd thrown
2: as a pro. It was early. It was and early. And again, A.J.
0: Puck was, now it was not a great, we've had back-to-back drafts where it's not like you have, you, when you were rolling out through these, the Carlos Rodons, the David Prices and all that. A.J. Puck, I mean, we, we should make it clear, this was one where he was at the top of boards as far as college pitchers in this class. But there was, much as it was when we had the, you know,
2: not that long ago with the Dylan Tate, Carson Fulmer year, where it's like,
0: let's make something
2: clear. This is not... It was not the 2017 college draft class, which is why you're going to hear this draft get talked about. This upcoming draft get talked about as a really good draft because the college pitching offers a cornucopia of delights Again,
0: you you go back to it. The reality of it is, is that A.J. Puck was considered probably the best college arm in this class in many ways. And at the same time... He was not just not the guy at Florida. He wasn't the second option, <laughs> yeah. and you could argue he wasn't the third option, and everyone understood mm-hmm. that. And that's like, I mean, the, the, the best
2: way to put it is is—is that... He won Park- two games. I know wins are wins, but he was on a really good college baseball team that went to Omaha, and he couldn't pitch five innings enough times to get more than two wins. But but TFC not, over. But, not only,
0: but not only that... But when you got when they got to Omaha, he wasn't the guy they wanted on the mound. Yeah, he threw one pitch,
2: donked the guy in the head, and they took him out. That's but, it. That was the extent of his call. Again, when you talk about Logan
0: Shore, Logan Shore was the guy they wanted on the mound. Alex Fado, who will be the in the 2017 draft, they
2: wanted on the mound. It was a pretty iffy college pitcher year all the way around. And uh, so 2017, uh, we definitely hope is better than 2016 was. And uh, I, I think Oakland A's fans hope that 2017 is better than 2016 was, but I'm not sure it's going to be so. Thanks, Vince. Uh, good stuff from you. Appreciate that, and appreciate you, JJ Cooper. And we'll just take it out. So uh, we'll be back next week with more podcasts. Maybe even a weekend Astros podcast. You're saying, JJ? That's great. If we find someone to talk to, JJ, then we'll do that. Okay. The JJ
0: monologue, JJ on the Astros. Hey, on, <laughs> on, on on Twitter, someone suggested that you know, hey, JJ, you should just do a 24-hour Braves one. You know, it's that deep. You know, it's like <laughs> just do it like a telephone. And, you know, like, we actually, they were suggested rotating hosts, and Teddy pointed out, no, J.Js did do the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, it yeah, probably would. I think
2: that probably could happen. So um, until then, for J.J. Cooper and Vince Lara, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you in the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody.
1: This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.